Welcome to another episode of One for the Table. I'm your host, Kimchi. And I'm John. I'm talking over him. I don't know why. <laughs> you normally give me a pause so I can say my name. And normally I take too long. And now, now you're not letting me do it at all. I was trying to give like high energy and you're like, um, so yeah, you give. <laughs> yeah. So, this is this. <laughs> there goes my energy. I'm sorry energy to be vampire. such a downer for you. That's just not my vibe. High energy? Mm-hmm. Any kind of energy. Wow. Yeah. That's what happens when you get older, folks. You yeah. Here first. Happy birthday, Kim. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You're starting a war right now. Am I? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do when it's your birthday week? What are you going to do? April Phipps. Oh. So you remembered it this time? <laughs> oh, I've known. I will make sure uh-huh. that you are reminded. Girl, you're going to be so aggressive. That it's your birthday. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. If you send me a fucking like singing telegram or something like that, I will be so mad. Well, just do it. It's going to be a surprise. You might not like it, but it'll be a surprise. Well, my ultimate nightmare, I've only ever had to do it once in my life. Mm-hmm. But you know when you go to like those chain restaurants, like a Red Robin or or whatnot. Oh, and then all the servers like sing you a happy birthday. They sing you the corporate happy birthday song because the real happy birthday song actually is like copywritten Copyrighted. or something. Yeah, and uh, so they sing you this like this corporate happy happy birthday thing, and they make you stand up on the chairs. Oh, but not only that, as a server, um, when it's someone's birthday, you have to go get her all the other servers. I'm like in between like all the other shit that they have to do, you know, like getting mm-hmm. people like more ranch and like plating, whatever. Yeah. You have to find all the other servers and be like, okay, we've got a birthday. Make sure they have enough time. <laughs> and then um, while the table next to them is asking, excuse me, can we get more ranch dressing? You're singing happy birthday. I would have to do like a line beforehand. And a lot of like these like chain restaurants, like the people that eat there are so fucking impatient for no reason. Of course Like they I've are. literally seen someone like ask a server that was singing happy birthday, like for something. And I'm like, just wait like a few seconds. They're going to be done singing happy birthday in a few. Okay. I've, I've, I can't remember the last time I've been to an Applebee's or like any kind of chain restaurant. Not because I feel like I'm, too good for it. It's like, if I'm going to eat that stuff, I'd rather just eat like fast food and go all the way. But like, what do people expect when they go there? Because the people that work there are like grossly underpaid. And maybe it's just safety. Maybe it's just comfort, right? But also you have to keep in mind, you know, for like a lot of people, they don't go out to restaurants often maybe, you know, and maybe going out to the chain restaurant is like a special occasion for them. Yeah. You know? And they mm-hmm. save up money and then they want like they want it to be a special experience. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I, I don't know. I just I just assume like with families, you just can't assume like their financial situation. I mean and... I mean if it's probably like a super safe place to bring kids. For sure. You know, they have like a kids menu and you know they're gonna have like high chairs. Yeah. And then there's gonna be chicken tenders if you have like a picky kid. Right. Yeah. 
That makes sense. I don't have kids and I don't live in the suburbs, so I don't have access or see any of that stuff very often. So I just don't think about it. But I do wonder, like, you know, why why pick that place over like another local restaurant that might be close by? But they don't have options like that out there. Not in Michigan no. anyway. Not unless you want to go like ethnic. A lot of small towns too. There might be like a local neighborhood restaurant, but no, like chili, you can get a meal for two people for twenty dollars. You know, yeah. And it's I essentially, do, like fast food that's served like table side. I do remember when I was in college, I used to like really like Red Robin burgers. I've never had Red Robin, but I know their thing is like unlimited fries. What? Unlimited fries? That was not a thing when I was in college because I would have absolutely taken advantage of that. I think it's always been a thing. You just didn't know about it. Maybe. They had this like I know th- barbecue burger with like fried onions in there. And I thought that was like mm-hmm. the best thing ever. I guess so college students would be going there too. I only know about Red Robin because one of my um, best friends in college was actually a server at Red Robin during her college years. Actually, I think I was friends with a server at Red Robin too. I think that was like where we were going. But in Chicago... When I was going to college, where I went for like burgers was this place called Bar Louie, which is a chain as well. I've heard of that. I thought that was a fancier place. It's not fancy. And on Tuesdays, they have a dollar burger. Ooh, yep. Um, but it's just like a plain burger, and then every topping costs money, which like rightfully so. And also you have to order, I think, like two drinks minimum or something like that, mm. which you, then you order like two Cokes or whatever. And... Even then, it only ends up being like a burger meal at a restaurant for like less than $10. The best happy hour burger in Detroit was at, oh my gosh, um, Roast, a restaurant that's now closed called Roast. It was mm-hmm. a $3 perfectly delicious um, cheeseburger with a side of beef fat fries. And oftentimes you, I would get that with, I think they might have been like chicken gizzards on polenta. And that was like $3 as well. And like that was, this was like early, early on in the days in Detroit. And like they had like $3 wines. And you could like have a decent like wine burger, like happy hour meal for like within $10. See, I feel like a little bit like deprived because um, growing up in Chicago, basically, you know, I was in Chicago from like when I was like 18 to like 32 or something, you know, um, and happy hour is actually illegal in Chicago because um, it promotes like drinking and driving, supposedly. Really? So, yeah. Well, it does, but like you'll never that's... find like happy hour specials in Chicago. Oh, that's um, wild. So, you know, I would hear about like other places, you know, that do happy hours, but I never got to experience it myself. Would they, was like bottomless brunch illegal in Chicago too? No, but I mean, I guess we like break bottomless our mimosas. I, mean, like I don't like the law here. No, that's you know? true. It just seems um, like if you're going to ban one, you should ban the other, but I'm glad they don't. Yeah. I mean, Prohibition area Chicago. <laughs> mm. That was a thing. You had like a bunch of topics that you wanted to cover today, or a topic. It was oh, overrated, underrated, right? Oh, overrated restaurant items. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 
But before we get to that, um, what was the most that you miss about me now that like we're not hanging out all the time? Waking up to your beautiful smile. <laughs> <laughs> not the Blah. gag. Okay, you can you can just say you miss my omelets and that's fine. No, I miss your company, <laughs> your omelets. Well, I miss the boba. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you miss boba more than you miss me? Hmm? Um, well, I don't know. Is it like Yifeng fruit tea boba, sunrite boba? Oh my god. Sunrite's really wow. good boba. Wow. Sunrise, so there are bobas that rank higher than me on your list. I mean, No. Nice political answer. <laughs> but speaking of um Yifang and all that, so I'm going I'm gonna be going on Work the World tour soon. I leave mm-hmm. this Sunday. Oh yeah. And I'm going to Asia, Australia. Um and in Asia we're going to Japan, Singapore, Philippines, and very cool. Taiwan. Taiwan. And you know what that oh means? Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Ah. I'm going to get all the boba in the world, and I'm going to get all the black pepper bun, which I feel like we talk about every week in this podcast. We do. Oh my gosh, we do. Does that mean we'll be doing podcasts while you're touring? Or am I going to have to find a co-host? Oh my god, you're already trying to replace me already? <laughs> no. <laughs> But I guess that would be a way to keep it fresh in you. <laughs> and then watch, you get a co-host and like the podcast goes viral and it's like a roaring success. <laughs> no. And be like, sorry, Kim, it's about the metrics and what the fans want to hear. <laughs> we have decided to replace you with someone better and prettier. Uh, watch it be Monet. Watch her take on another podcast. No, Monet's got like 20 podcasts happening. She really does. She, even, she really she, does. At some point, she even had like a vegan podcast, and that bitch is not a vegan. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> she she is the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe of Dragon podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, like, is there a topic? Money probably has a podcast on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you weren't doing a food podcast, like, what other podcast do you think you would do? That would be really hard. I'm not really sure I could do anything else because I'm really bad at preparing. Yeah. Because, like, for us, we're just, like, here, and we just, like, maybe we have a topic that we want to talk about, but most of the times we're just chilling, and we're just, like, hanging out. No, no, no. Our podcasts are intricately designed, and we have discussions and meetings on the topics that we are going to present to our listeners. Yes. We even have, like, a Discord and a Notion. I I don't know what a Notion is, but my my producer has a no, motion uh my I don't youtube producer has a notion thing i don't know how to use it it's got it's got ai in it i don't know oh. but yeah that's what we do we're so prepared um, but no we just both happen to know a lot about food and love food so much that it's just so easy for us to just really talk about and then also we like do our little depression spirals every like month or so we talk about that but yeah, let's not try yeah. to do that today. <laughs> Could you? No, no, we're not going to try to do that today. But there's really nothing else that I can really talk about mm-hmm. that I feel like I wouldn't. I can just like hop on in and just talk. I'd, I'd have to do research and and reading and stuff like that, and I just don't have the time for that. What about you? I mean, would it be drag? No. Would you want to talk know. about I feel it? Like talking about drag is so tired. 
And like, I mean, that isn't like, I feel like you can only talk so much about drag. And then, then eventually you'd have to talk about like other drag queens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't like talking with other people. Yeah. You know, I feel like I went through fair. like my bitchy, gossipy, gay phase, you know, like in my 20s. And now like, I don't really care what anybody else is doing. I don't like, <laughs> like, I don't like, I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing. Like, I just want to do me. And then also, like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of like podcasts where like they make content off of talking about other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel, yeah. I mean, like, if it works for them, there's an audience there, like, great, you know, but just personally, like, I don't really enjoy it. Like, yeah. I don't want to sit here for like an hour and then talk about like, other people's drag and what they could have done better. You know what I mean? Like, if you're having fun doing it, like, you do it. You know? I would love to talk about their food. Oh, well, from my experience, most drag queens, um, I feel like because, like, this is, like, a profession that is so vanity-focused, mm-hmm. they all have a very um, particular relationship with food. Mm-hmm. You know, they're either, mm-hmm. like, super picky or... Um, they eat like they're like two years old where, you know, like they go out like clubbing and like drinking every night and then they eat like pizza or fast food and then like sleep all day the next day, wake up hungover, um, and repeat. See, when I was working at the nightclubs around here, Mm -hmm. all the drag, all the people, um, the drag queens that were regulars or that were in our bar family, Mm -hmm. They were mm-hmm. all cooks because they were kind of like, they weren't just like drag queens. They were also like drag mothers and they were also like bar moms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and they were all really good at throwing down in the kitchen. Some of them were making like cakes in their free time and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so my experience before like hanging out with like non-local queens was that drag queens had a really strong connection to food because a lot of them had a very strong like they played a mother figure in like more than one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong, there are queens that like I do enjoy like going out to eat with um, and hanging out. Like Monet's great. Mm-hmm. Aquarius great. Aquarius actually has like a pretty good like taste in food. Yeah. And she also really likes seafood and sushi and things like that. Oh. There's a Pokemon that just came out I saw that is a, just an actual salmon sashimi. Mm-hmm. There's also that one might character, be Kirimi, which is like um, yeah. salmon fillet. Oh, I think that might be my new favorite Pokemon. Appleton has been my favorite for a long time because it's just a pie that's like doing its best. Mm-hmm. But I, I, near, I need to know more about this salmon sashimi Pokemon. What is the salmon sashimi Pokemon called? Um, it is called, or I think it's actually a nigiri. Hold on, um, Tatsugiri. <laughs> Uh, it's a small dragon Pokemon that comes in three forms. Two oh, eyes. Oh, that's Pokemon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tatsuki, look at it's it. Not, it's a little bit. It's like a little shrimpy. I, it's a little. Okay, so it, it's a little shrimpy. It's not a salmon. Okay, guy, but, also, but it's still. He's actually like OP. Um, what do you mean he's OP? Like he can be really strong. So how he works oh, is um really? like in the game. Um, yeah. He goes into like a mouse of like this like whale pokemon uh-huh. um and then they become really strong together oh really yeah what version of pokemon is this from oh uh, the latest one yeah so you combine 
Tatsugiri and Dondazo. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. And Tatsugiri goes inside of like the mouth of like a Dondozo. And they can do like a really powerful combo. Huh. Oh, this is in Pokemon Scarlet? Yeah. Oh, I see. I haven't played that one. Yeah, so if you do like a double battle together, um, mm-hmm. and if they're in the field at the same time, you can like combine them together. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. At this point, like, I'm not really playing Pokemon, but I'm just trying to keep up with the lore as much as possible, just mm-hmm. based off of my own love and nostalgia. But I like don't, I don't find the games to be any fun anymore for me. Wow. Well, the thing with games yeah. is like it's just very repetitive. So yeah, um, there's gonna be I, I, new... I don't like grinding. Mm. Well, in the new game, they made it so like the grinding is so much easier. There's like yeah, you just like advance the story like as it is, and then you, it just grinds like automatically. I don't know. They eliminated oh, nice. like the um, endless amount of grinding, like the first few ones. Like well, I remember in good, the um, like Pokemon, I feel like, like that just ruined it for me. Like red or blue, like to take like a Metapod to Butterfree, you want to put like Metapod oh on your first, God. like team first, and then like Forever. enter a battle, and then you like switch to another Pokemon, and that way like Metapod can share the experience with that Pokemon, and you have to do it so many times until it reaches enough level. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it was and that song. was all good and fine when you're like eight years old or, or five years old or whatever, not, not, and like you didn't have to worry about freaking utility bills mm-hmm. and shit but now that like there's there's just like too much that i need to be doing over the course of the day that i can't like just spend my time grinding in a video game i need to just like enjoy this mm-hmm. for what it is which you know i i love this i love the zelda game that one's not exactly like that's taking forever too but oh are you gonna play the Baldur's three Baldur's gate three i've never are played one of two rpgs like that Oh, I don't mm. like a lot of like Western RPGs because the characters are fucking ugly. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Like when you play like JRPG, like the characters are beautiful and pretty, and there's like sparkle when they use magic. In Western RPGs, I think it's because like it's more like these like macho like straight men or something. But all the characters are fucking ugly as hell, and it's <laughs> and I do not want to play an ugly game full of ugly characters. Like, the monsters are ugly. Like, the townspeople are ugly. The town is, like, brown and sandy. It's... It, it is very, like... I don't know. It's not even gritty. It's, like, muddy. It's, it's like, barely into... It's, like, the Dark Ages type uh, vibe mm-hmm. that it has to, to all of them. I enjoy it because of the darker, I guess, themes and the grittiness of it. Um, I do think that it is like, I I do agree with you. Um, but I kind of like, and that's, that, that's the best part about it is they're all normally first person anyway. So you don't have to look at yourself. Even then, I don't know if I'm going to play a game, like it's going to be like escapism and I want to be a beautiful world. And I don't care if like the graphic is like really getting crisp. Like I care more about like the overall aesthetic of, you know, like, is it like, and the art direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I get it. And the Western, like, they focus so much on, like, the realism to the point where, I don't know, it's just like, I just personally don't enjoy it. But mm. if that's your thing, you do you, you know, like, what, do whatever makes you I'm happy. I'm very excited for Baldur's Gate 3. 
Um, I hear it's going to actually come out on Mac, so I'll just wait till that okay. releases and I'll play that. Yeah, I've been wanting to play Final Fantasy 16, but um, I know that's one of the things. If I start, like I'm gonna want to like play to the end, and yeah, since I leave for a tour soon, I'm gonna wait till after the tour to play that one. That's smart. Has Final Fantasy like I know seven, mm-hmm. the remake of seven has. That's the first part of it. But have any of the other parts come out yet? Oh, uh, I think second part is coming out soon this year. I think it's really interesting that they're choosing it to do it this way. It's just more way for them to get more money out of it, you know. True, it's true. I've really enjoyed the Final Fantasy VII remake a lot. Final Fantasy VII like was like my favorite game. Like I've beaten it like twice, and it's nice to see like the characters like fully come to life. See, that one is it was mm-hmm. where it's realistic, but then the characters are still pretty and the world is still aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And he, and still, like, dark and gritty. Because, mm-hmm. like, the Midgar or whatever not, like, it's post-apocalyptic. It is sad and terrible and, like, just end-of-the-world stuff. But it's still, like, there is there's more than just, like, huts and mud, mm-hmm. I guess. And then some of the characters um, where... Like in the previous one, I mean, they're still like small characters, but they rendered them so like hot in the remake, mm-hmm. like Biggs, for example. Like no one cared about Biggs, like in the original game, but then in the new one, um, Biggs is a beautiful man, and I'm I'm looking him up, and I don't remember because I haven't played the remake, mm-hmm. and oh. Yeah, <laughs> and he, I see. I get it. Now I get it. He's getting like a lot of fan, like fans of his own. <laughs> he should get his own spinoff. I know for real though. I'll play. <laughs> uh, oh, and then um, speaking of which, going back to earlier, mm-hmm. if I were to do like a podcast on any, any other thing, I feel mm-hmm. like it would be fun to do like a BL review podcast <laughs> that would be fun i would listen to that is there such thing like does it exist i don't know but i think you might be uh onto something there i mean not that like i'm like looking up like so many bl but i mean if i have to start yeah. one i'd like watch like a different bl every week and then like talk about it yeah. you know so to those people who don't know and actually i'm not the one to really say what it is because i don't really know either but from what i understand they're just like dramas that feature gay storylines but not just dramas but there's also like um mangas and there's also right like bl like otome games you know there's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it's it's a whole like it's not even just a genre on television but it's like a genre for video games mm-hmm. literature all sorts um and that they are generally and you can say it, tell me if I'm wrong, like, they're mostly written by women? Not all the time, but... Uh, but, like, um, the main intended audience is for women, mostly. Oh, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're written for women. It's very female gaze. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the BL industry is, like, booming for some reason. Like... There's a lot of BL dramas that's coming out of like Korea, Thailand, Japan. (laughs) 
It's so interesting that like it is it's such a popular subgenre of media. But it then is so like some, niche, well, you know, but I guess there's something for everyone, you know? It's true. It's just like how it's true like and like porn for everybody. No matter how weird yes. your fetish is, there will probably be a porn for it. There is definitely a porn. What's what's that rule called? Is there a rule for that? It's there's an actual like title. I don't know. Rule 34. It's called Rule 34. If it exists, there's a porn for it. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's try to think of something really obscure see if we can find a porn on it. I really don't want to go down that hole. I <laughs> Let's just find let's just think of something really obscure together. I okay, think of like a, I think don't of know. something really obscure. Wall be obscure. Listen, I saw your Twitter earlier today and what did uh, I tweet? <laughs> I tweeted you tweet, like what anime what what anime is this from and it oh, was I was genuinely curious <laughs> and apparently well, that was a porn which I didn't know did you did you find so out some, so for the listeners to give you a context <laughs> someone um, posted like a little like it was a of, like an anime cave. and it's like oh starting my favorite anime um, and then someone tagged me like oh kimchi you should review this but then I was like reading the <laughs> comment and it doesn't say what the anime was, and all the comments were like "lol, lol." But and a lot of people were still asking like, "What anime is this?" But no one was giving like a straight up answer on what the anime was. It's Goblin Cave, by the way. Yeah, I, I figured that out now. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't watched. And if you it. don't know what that is, you don't have to search for it. It's fine. It's fine. You can go your whole life without knowing what this is, and you'll be okay. Is it really smutty? I've seen animated gifs from it shared on tumblr back in the day mm -hmm. and i will say that it has, i do not need to see the video okay yeah yeah it's fine and i don't need to it's see it fine. either yeah. but if i had a podcast i probably would watch it <laughs> that would be i mean i would i would listen <laughs> but it's not gonna happen i don't really think that that's bore i don't think that counts as boy love though that's just porn mm. All right, never mind then. <laughs> I guess you'll never get my review on Goblins. What is it called? Cave. Cave. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like also as a person that consumes pop culture, that's also something that you just come across because there's a lot of jokes about it. Anyways, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will actually maybe get on the topic of this podcast. The topic is food. We've already been on food. Well, maybe not um, BL and all that, but <laughs> can't be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Hi. So something really bizarre happened to me this morning when I was cooking my breakfast. What? You realized I, I was wasn't there and that you miss me so dearly. Um... Yes, let's make it all about you. Yeah, okay. You, you. <laughs> So I was cooking my um, eggs for breakfast, mm -hmm. and when the um, egg was like halfway done cooking, out of nowhere, a fly just flew into the frying pan and just died in the egg. And I'm like, is this like an omen? Or maybe your eggs were just to die for. <laughs> but I'm, wow. Way to crack a joke about my eggs. <laughs> Oh, wow. 
We're really lucky okay. we're not alone. Don't feel like you're walking on eggshells with me <laughs> when you crack a joke. Uh, you're so good at those. It's oh, disturbing. Stupid puns. Yes. The bottom. Probably because I wear so many like themed outfits. And then oh, when I do, that makes I just sense. like make like food puns like all night long in whatever outfit that I'm wearing. Yeah. And I've definitely done an egg theme before, so. Yeah. I do like your egg themed outfits. The ones where you start off as an egg and then you have like the chick look inside. Mm -hmm. You're always yeah. doing that Chinese, that Chinese uh, song, the Chinese chicken yeah. song. Oh my God, one. I haven't done that in a while. Oh <laughs> my God. That was, when you first, that funny thing is, when I saw you do that number for the first time, I was freaking out because like, I had already known about that one. And it was like the first time that I had ever come across like a Chinese meme in real life. And it was, it was a really great number. I think you did it in Taiwan. I did do yes, it in Taiwan. You yeah. did do it in Taiwan. It was a good number. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just confusing the um, fans across the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, the topic of today was like overrated versus underrated, which we can talk about all sorts of stuff over and over. Mm -hmm. This could be a recurring one. Um, but did you have any thoughts? Because when you initially texted me, it was very much obviously out of anger. So it wasn't out of or anger. Frustration. But, um, so first, Brenzino. <laughs> Fuck Brenzino. <laughs> and yes, Brenzino is delicious. I mean, it's a mild white fish. Yeah. But for some reason, Branzinos became so trendy that every fine dining or like every like somewhat of scale restaurant will fucking put Branzino on the menu and they'll charge like $40, $50 for like a sliver of it. Yeah. You know, like, so here's like a piece of like mild white fish with some, I don't know, some pickled chilies and some like olive oil and random shit on top, you know? I think, I think people... And I just think it's so overrated. People are acting like Branzino. Oh my god, why can I not say Brenzino? People are acting like Brenzino. It is like the best thing to like happen to like the seafood industry. And it's not. It really is not. I agree. And though I've seen Brenzino on like a lot of higher end as the fish on a lot of higher end meth menus for like over like one and like fifteen years at this point. Um, I think it's just because it is mild. It is it is it is a fish that is pretty hard to mess up when you cook. It, mm -hmm. It's really hard to like fuck up a Vembrenzino, um, at least when you're cooking it. And like, it's mild enough that even people who don't really like fish can get down with the Brenzino. And I think that's why it's so popular. And I think that's why like you see it at a lot of like fancy restaurants. Cause like it's always roasted. It's always grilled. It's always a place. It's always a place with a really good grill. Mm -hmm. They always have Branzino on the menu. If it's like a steakhouse no, with like wood fire really grill. grills any, and stuff like that. Any restaurant, any oh, restaurant yeah. to, that like order clientele is like american <laughs> yeah no no it's like it's it's definitely really popular on new american or at least like now high-end american 
uh, mm -hmm. restaurants. Uh, and it's always served with some kind of like root puree or something, mm -hmm. or like minimally, minimally processed and just like lots of charcoal and smoke. It's tasty, but it's safe. And that's why mm -hmm. people, and when, and fish is always a risk, right? Because when you put fish on the menu, it's all, you're always already going to alienate a whole bunch of segment of people who don't know how to eat fish or don't know how to enjoy fish or just don't like fish in general. So like you're going to go for the least offensive thing ever, which is funny because like, if you're going to go least offensive, just, just put on salmon. Honestly, I feel like salmon was like the nineties, like. Yeah. Fine dining like hot fish. And then 2000, it was all about the sea bass. Yeah. Or Chilean sea bass. Mm hmm. Which isn't even a bass. And then now it's like Branzino. Yeah. And Branzino has been around for a minute. But like at this point, just serve salmon and offer to cook it to the doneness that the person likes. Mm -hmm. If I come across a place where they were, they're like, we. Our salmon is so fresh that we will serve it rare for you with all confidence. I'm probably going to get it because salmon that is slightly undercooked is delicious when it's like, it just melts. Mm -hmm. It's a little pink in the middle. Oh my God. I don't want to dry a salmon, you know, no. like, with that oh, like when it's moist. Oh gosh. It's so good. Speaking of which I did an experiment for the sake of like a lot for the sake of the, for the good of the people. Um, I wanted, I did some meal prep and I did two fillets of salmon from Costco and I did some research and Costco super freezes their salmon, which means, which is what all the sushi restaurants that serve sushi grade, which is a myth, but sushi grade doesn't exist, but we can get to that another day. But sushi restaurants that serve fish. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's completely true though, because I just saw a video the other day of, that was like going viral. Um, and granted, it's not bad. Uh -huh. um, but it was like a video of this girl. It was like a, she took a video of the salmon at Costco and there was a live worm inside of it. Oh. So I don't think all the salmon they sell are. It depends on, probably depends on where as well. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, if you see like previously frozen on a fish, that's generally what that means. Like it's been super mm -hmm. frozen and to kill the parasites. But I wouldn't just like eat all the salmon in, for, that you get from Costco just like it's a sashimi. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, I did it. For our listeners. And <laughs> we'll find out. But um, yeah, I cooked most of it. But then I saw that there was, that the salmon that I had bought just happened to be packaged and processed that day. Mm -hmm. And Costco will not tell you to do this outright, and that is not safe to do it outright. But if it's super frozen, it should be okay. Did it say frozen on the packaging? It said previously frozen, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if it does yeah. say previously frozen, by all means, yeah. eat it raw for all I care. I mean, like you do so, we always, you consume anything raw at your own risk, but it was really good. It was fine for me. Mm -hmm. I made a salmon tartare rice bowl for dinner that day. Yeah. I remember I showed it to you. I know, but our listeners don't know that. Yeah, mm, that was good. Remember, we're doing this podcast for the listeners, not us. I know. So I if know. you do something that's between us, you just still have to explain. To I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so Branzino. Okay, so mm -hmm. what do you think? Branzino is overrated. Um, what would you say is underrated then? Underrated? Hmm, what about you? Actually, I think it's salmon. <laughs> uh, I feel like salmon is still like, I mean, I like salmon. I still think it's like, I wouldn't say salmon is underrated. Every restaurant serves salmon. See, Emma's, every restaurant serves salmon, but I don't think like, I don't think they do it in any kind of exciting way. Really? But, when, but when you say like underrated, it means like it's not being appreciated enough. And yeah, appreciate but in my salmon. way, I think like in my way, I think something can be popular, but still be underrated if it's not like, if it's just seen as like the sh safe choice and not like something that has the potential to be exciting. But like no one is ever doubting salmon. Like really? there's no doubts about salmon. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Okay. So what's, what's uh, one thing that I think is underrated? You know what I think is underrated? And I feel like so many people just hate the name of it and they don't actually like explore like how good of an ingredient this is. Mm -hmm. And that is fish sauce. Really? I think fish sauce is extremely underrated. And back I mean, I like, maybe at, if you're not Asian. Yeah, but a lot of people aren't Asian. Yeah, but the majority <laughs> of the world is. Yes, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> the question was, what ingredient do you think is underrated? Not what do you think is underrated among Asians? <laughs> There is a life outside it's, of it, us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, when I, I used to work at the yeah, um, Asian restaurant, um, there was pad thai on the menu because it was like the safest choice. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of getter dishes on the menu were very experimental. And um, when people ask, but even then, like a lot of people didn't know what pad thai was for whatever reason. And a lot of people say, like, oh, what's in the ingredient? And whenever I'll list fish sauce, uh, people are immediately, a fish sauce? Like, I don't want that. I don't want that in my pad thai. And a lot of people will request pad thai without the fish sauce. And fish sauce, if you've never had it before, um, it's a fish extract, which I know sounds probably crazy to you, but um, it's salty, briny, and adds so much flavor to the dish. It doesn't make the dish fishy, per se, I mean, if you use a lot of it, it will be, but um, just in the small amounts, um, it adds like the, all the salt and all the savoriness. Um, savoriness that it needs. If you like anchovies, you like fish sauce. Mm -hmm. And fish sauce could be in so many things, even like when you make like a salad vinaigrette, if you mm -hmm. put like a little fish sauce in there, like it really like amps it up. Like, when you make scrambled egg, add a little fish sauce in there, like it amps it up. When you're making like, even just like chicken noodle soup, try putting a little fish sauce in there. Like it'll open up a whole new world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Like fish true. sauce can go into so many things and it'll really like heighten. Like it'll take the flavors to the next level. Mm. And I think it's so underrated. It's just, I feel like it's not used enough by American audience. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I agree. What about you? I'm going to do overrated first. Okay. Um, I think caviar is overrated. Yeah. I wouldn't be love caviar. Yeah. No, that's, that doesn't say I don't love caviar, but I think mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I, 
I definitely don't think, I think that's, it's not just overrated, but it's also like overvalued for what it is. It's not yes. even my favorite type of fish egg. Mm-hmm. I think agreed. Ikura supremacy always mm-hmm. salmon egg, salmon eggs. Yeah. Um, and like the fact that the like, caviar is so limited and how you can enjoy it. I mean, like the most recent way that I enjoy caviar is like, I like to replace soy sauce with it in my sushi. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most interesting way that I've ever eaten caviar. Cause every other way is like traditional way of enjoying it because it's so expensive. Yeah. Um, do you ever watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? No. Um, one of the seasons. But I know what it's, season. I know what it's about, I guess. Hipster. Uh, well, <laughs> there's a scene where, um, two ladies are having lunch and they're having like baked potato for lunch. Mm-hmm. And she has baked potato into her caviar. Cassie Hilton. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Um... I was like, mm, that's what rich people do. I mean, Make some caviar with potato. Like, if I, if I, you know, that sounds, see, caviar needs to be just less expensive so that it can mm-hmm. be done, so you can do stuff. Like, if you put caviar, mix in caviar into the sour cream and then put that on a baked mm-hmm. potato with chives and stuff, that sounds mm-hmm. delicious. It's over for you, bitches. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. But because you have to pay all this money by the ounce, like you wouldn't dare do that because that would be technically like a waste of money. But that's also like the kind of stuff that we do in restaurants. Even though most of us don't make any money whatsoever, things that we do, like one thing that we do do Mm -hmm. is cater for a lot of obscenely rich people who do things like order kilos of caviar and have it left over and just give it to us to like eat literally as scraps, but it's worth it because what we're doing with that caviar is exactly that. Like I remember, like another thing that I, I I don't necessarily know if I think foie gras is overrated, but it is one of those, like I think is is really expensive as an ingredient, but I got one, one time when we got like, I think two or three, lobes like they're like pounds mm-hmm. of whole foie gras left over from a party that somebody else threw and i just kept them in my freezer and one night we came home me alejandro and little john uh we came home one night and i was super super drunk and i just made like ramen with it mm. and we pan seared the foie gras and then we use the foie gras butter as like a little oil topping on top of the ramen and it was just like plain ginger and chicken instant noodles with like foie gras. It was so good. Oh my God. Mm, that sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these like fine dining ingredients have been, it's kind of like diamond where the actual value isn't anything. Yeah. But diamonds are so common. But because through like marketing and like supply, like limiting the supply, mm-hmm. it just becomes more expensive than like what it actually is. Yeah. I also think, and okay, this is not an expensive ingredient, but I think frise is such an overrated ingredient. And let me explain why. It's a bitter leaf. It's a bitter leaf. And I genuinely believe that people add frise to the menu half the time because frise sounds fancy. <laughs> I genuinely believe this. <laughs> frise is literally mm-hmm. like glitter for a menu. It's like just, just looks pretty. 
Yeah, it, it is pretty because it's like leafy and it's like leggy and spindly. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's dramatic it's looking. Like it, anything just like aesthetically pleasing, but the actual taste of it is very bitter. And I don't mind bitter greens, but the um, flavor, like frisé in particular, is just like not like an enjoyable bitter. Like endive is bitter, but like I enjoy endive. I was about to say the same thing about on on dive as well or endive. I don't really care. I don't care for bitter all that mm-hmm. much as far as like a flavor profile, especially if it's super dominant. So like frise, endive, I'm not the biggest fan of it. At least like endive, like the way it's shaped, um, it makes it an easy vessel to like make little canapes or mm. whatever. Yeah, I do. I, you, you can use them as a scoop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think frise, I feel like I've never eaten a frise and thought like, that's really needed to be in there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Aside from like aesthetic purposes, you know, I've had like frisé like tossing salad as garnish, um, like frisé salad. There's not been a single time where I think like that frisé, I got to get that frisé again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so frisé is overrated for you. Mm-hmm. I, underrated then. For me, some something that's something that's underrated. I'm like looking around my office. Not that there's anything <laughs> around here. Um, luncheon meat. Luncheon meat. Luncheon meat, like spam. Like overrated. Underrated. Oh, underrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. People oh, yeah. think. Well, first of all, it's not cheap. <laughs> People mm, think it's like not. this cheap thing where it's mm-hmm. like, but no, nothing in a can anymore, first of all, is cheap. And yeah, spam hasn't been cheap for a minute considering what it is. Like there is a reason why like you're stretching a can for a couple of meals. Um, mm-hmm. And when you cook it right, it's so good. But like any, literally any Asian person who grew up as a child will tell you that because it's great in fried rice. It's great in sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as if we're talking about like whether or not things have an appreciation here in the United States, spam luncheon meat is like, I think the generic name for it. Um, but I think that also counts like canned corned beef and stuff like that too, which is also good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super underrated, but at the same time, like already really expensive. <laughs> When you go to Hawaii, um, they keep like spam locked. Um, yeah, I would too because like they have counter. so many kinds. And also, like, I'm hoping nobody like is vacationing there right oh, now. Yeah. As so a little sad PSA, to Maui. it totally yeah. And the fact that people are still going there for vacations and like taking up resources and space is disgusting. Well, not only fucked up, and not only that, but all these like. Um, corporates are like calling like the local thing like, hey, do you want to sell your land? That is like, so fucked. Oh my God. Like to people that just like lost their loved ones and like home. Yeah. Well, let's, let's not spiral. <laughs> okay. Okay. We said we wouldn't spiral. We, we said we wouldn't spiral. Just don't, don't vacation in Hawaii. Don't Hawaii. Please donate to like um, Maui Relief Fund. There's so many you can easily find. And like, have a <sighs> seriously, like, have a heart. Like, people. Who, <sighs> okay, we're not gonna spiral. We're not gonna spiral. Overrated, underrated. Okay, I think truffle oil is extremely overrated. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think, 
I think we talked about this in like another podcast too. Uh, so I don't have to like get into like the depth of it, but yeah. The truffle oil, like, you know, using like a little small amount, I think it's great. Um, I just hate like this culture of like putting it on fries with truffle oil and charge like 10 bucks more for it. Yeah. You know, honestly, you could probably just like sneak in like a bottle of truffle oil if you like truffle oils that much or truffle I fries like that much. I like truffle mayonnaise though. Mm, yeah. And truffle butter. I mean, they, they do mm. make truffle butter, but, and also Nicki Minaj, but truffles themselves, I think are as good. They just, they just make stuff so, so delicious, but truffle oil just is so cheap in comparison. That's just not really. Even then it's like kind of become a show where you go to a restaurant when you pay 50 bucks more and then they shave like truffles on top of your food. You know, I never but really like, like mm-hmm. whenever they do that, it doesn't really add to the experience. It doesn't add to it. There's just more of like the showiness of it all. Yeah. It's like gold flake. Mm-hmm. And what else I think is overrated is ramen culture in America. Mm, I, you know what? I, had, I don't really go out to eat in ramen shops when I'm here. Why? What are they like? When you're here in America? You live uh-huh. in America. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. But like I have the States. I think the last time I ate at a ramen shop, I was in like Hong Kong many years mm-hmm. ago. I feel like nowadays, like a standard, it's like 25 bucks. Whoa. That's a lot of money. And, you know, each country has like their noodle dish, but Japanese cuisine almost, you know, got like lucky in a way where it's somehow regarded as like the highest form of Asian cuisine by Americans. Uh huh. You'll see so many like Japanese restaurants, you know, that's like easily considered fine dining, even when it's like not. Mm hmm. But while, like, Chinese restaurants and Korean restaurants, you know, like, they really have to, like, go over and beyond in terms of, like, the decor and, like, oh, their presentation, like, to even be considered fine okay. dining. I see what you mean. I, 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 now I fully understand what you're talking mm-hmm. about, Nir. When you and say, same like, with, like, ramen, how, like, yeah, ramen is just, like, easily considered, like, almost like the highest form of, like, an Asian noodle dish. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you mean. While, like, you know, like a Chinese, like, beef noodle takes just as long to make, you know? Yeah. Um, and flavor is just as complex. But if you charge, like, 20 to 25 bucks for that, like, everyone will be scuffing about, like, how expensive and overpriced it is. Yeah. Same with, like, Korean, like, naengmyeon or bibimyeon. So on that, I would say, um, turn off your Discord notifications, by the way. Oh, can you hear it? Yeah. Sorry. There you go. Okay, so on that note, I would say that in the United States, pho is totally underrated. Completely. It is it's so like much harder to make than ramen. Mm-hmm. It's so much harder to make than, than ramen is. A uh, good clean broth, I feel, is like harder than like a murky broth, you know? Like a bone so broth. difficult, so time-consuming, and like just their use of spices and the concentrate of meat... The fact that, like, you know, they, they they add, like, uncooked beef onto the top and let the soup cook. Like, it's so mm-hmm. good. And like I can beef, have pho fresh, in the summer. You know, I can't have tonkatsu ramen in the summer. Yeah, and also tonkatsu ramen is, like, once in a while kind of food for me because it is so rich and so fatty. Or your feet don't swell. 
Yeah, for sure. And then also, like, after you eat it, you just feel very, like, bloated. While fall, I could probably eat it every day. Yeah. One thing, though, I will say that people need to start, like, just being okay with is, like, when you go out to eat, if you're going out to eat ramen and stuff, it's okay not to finish the soup. You can just eat the noodles and the toppings and stuff like that. But that is, like, a full-ass bowl of, like, 800% of your daily requirement of salt. So like, (laughs) it's fine if you just, you can just enjoy it. Um, You don't have to finish the soup. It's totally Mm -hmm. fine. I think people who eat ramen a lot don't. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You can like enjoy it. But like, if you're eating ramen every time and finishing that bowl of broth every time, like you, you, that's not, that's not safe. Unless you're eating ramen like once every year or something like that. Like it's not, it's not good for you. Yeah. Also, when I go to like ramen shops, I prefer like a shoyu ramen over like tonkatsu. Mm. Oh, I like the one that you took me to, but it wasn't technically ramen. It was sukumen. Uh, sukumen is also really good. Sukumen is really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's probably like, yeah. I think we like it because it's so pungent. Yeah. It's got, it's it hits. Like it literally mm-hmm. hits. Like I want to feel alive. I want to experience the flavor down to my bone. So like, sukumen, I want the flavor to be like chilling. Yeah. So sukumen, if you don't know, it's um, it's basically like the ramen noodles. Ramen. Yes, served separately from the broth, but the broth is super hyper concentrated, so you wouldn't drink it anyway because it's just too flavorful, too salty. So what you do is you take the noodles out of the noodle bowl and then you dip it into the sukumen, the broth, mm-hmm. and then you just slurp that up real quick. Um, and it is delightful. It is mm-hmm. smokier, it, depending on the recipe and stuff like that. And but ours noodles was like are usually smokier. thicker and bouncier. Yes, because they're not sitting in the hot soup mm-hmm. overcooking. So like you always get your noodles are always perfect. Uh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And then... The broths that are will probably have like a really good egg, like mm-hmm. a jammy egg, mm-hmm. and some like melt in your mouth chashu. Mm. Oh, mm. one thing I think is hard, is underrated, um, as far as like putting things in broths and noodle soups, is hard boiled eggs. Mm. Everybody always wants like the jammy yolk and stuff like that. But I think there's something to like, if your hard boiled egg, first of all, has to still be cooked perfectly where it's like no green in mm-hmm. the yolk, which means like you've overcooked your hard boiled egg and that uh, there's the sulfur in there is literally starting to react with the yolk. That's why it's green. And that means it's overcooked. But if you have a perfectly made hard boiled egg where the yolk is cooked through and is like nice and chalky and you break that down into the soup and you mix it into the soup kind of like adding powdered egg to your broth it's really enjoyable i like how rich it makes things feel um so yeah don't discount hard boiled eggs in your noodles noodle soups oh speaking of ramen noodles um, I was just watching a video on um, K-pop stars, um, like celebrity ramen recipes. Mm-hmm. And there's one recipe I saw in particular that looked really, really, really good that I want to try. Um, I guess it's made popular by NCT's Chenle. I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce his name. So you boil water and then you chop up tomatoes and you put it in the water. 
Oh, yeah, okay. And then you crush the tomatoes like inside the water and you bring it to a boil. And then you add the seasoning packet and the ramen noodles. Um, and then you boil that until the noodles are a little al dente. And you beat an egg and you scramble the egg into the broth. Mm, okay. And it's like a super like tomatoey, eggy ramen. Ooh. Oh, and then you also add um, a spoonful of lao ganma in there too. Oh, nice. That sounds amazing. I love lao ganma and tomato. And supposedly it's like really, really good. And it sounds right up my alley. You should try it. I will. Make a video. <sighs> when I'm not on a diet. <laughs> Fair. Uh, also, since we're talking about ramen, I have my latest YouTube episode um, is a ramen video. So if you want to see a couple of ways that I gussy up some ramen, this was wholly unplanned, but since we're talking about it anyways, I might as well plug my shit. Uh, yeah, plug go to YouTube. Shit. At John Kung on YouTube, you can see a couple of ways to do some ramen hacks. And then if you want to watch something really fun, go to his videos and click oldest and then um just watch all of his old videos and no more. don't do that that's so mean why would you do why? that no <laughs> you gotta see like how like the, you got to where you are today no if you've never seen my stuff don't start with the early stuff that's no, not what you do then you're gonna watch them all right nobody wants to watch one piece as their first anime well not anymore that's too much. It's too far. It's too far. It's fine. It's fine. Just watch the one I posted on Sunday. Also, if you have a question, feel free to um, head over to our podcast Instagram. One for the table. That's number one. And then for the table on Instagram and send us your questions. All right. Um, that's our podcast for the week. If you like what you hear, like and subscribe and leave a comment. Because those help too. And if you... Oh shit, how does the rest of it go? How does the rest of it go? We do this every week. I know. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs>